1: Hold on to your chips, dips, and pretz. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to news radio. I'm your TV guide, Brett White, and this week I am joined by Matt Little. Hello, Matt.
0: Hey, what's going on?
1: How's it going?
0: Uh, great. Hey. I love that you're stopping. You you know where your stopping point is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, there's, a, there's an inter, uh, there's a line break in my script. Ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is the first episode. This is a pilot episode. But we've already been ordered to series. That's, all. congratulations. I ordered myself to series, I guess.
0: I mean, see, that's what's great about new media in the 21st century yeah. is you, you get to be the gatekeeper <laughs> as well as the creator.
1: <laughs> oh, I am the key master and the gatekeeper. Yeah, wow,
0: uh, Ghostbusters. So <laughs> that's why Ghostbusters didn't work for a larger audience, uh, as, as the key master is the gatekeeper.
1: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this week on our very first episode, my very first episode of this show, uh, we're going to be traveling to March 2nd, 1995. Yes! The Brady Bunch movie ruled the box office. Madonna's "Take a Bow" topped the charts, and Friends aired "The One with All the Poker." Matt, you must have seen "The One with All the Poker" before.
0: I watched Friends every week, religiously when it was airing. Bill
1: Mars, religiously. Yes,
0: yes. Because I even then I knew there was no God, but I was yeah. obsessed with Friends. My God was Marcel. Yes, I loved Friends when it was airing, and you know most of America did. At yeah. that time, which was it, because it, it was it was genuinely funny. And you go back and you watch this first season and the writing is so sharp and the jokes are the jokes still stand up today. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, we'll, when we get into the episode discussion, like, holy shit. I in general, like this is the part where I want us to discuss like our history with the show on yes. the whole. And like I I was and a oh, season one convert. I mean, this is yeah. March 1995. So I was 10. I was almost 11. I was in fifth grade and if it, in fifth grade this was the coolest show because at, like in fifth grade you're coming out of that like tgif like right. nickelodeon sitcom and like friends and seinfeld were my first like adult and like wings i guess i don't know but like friends is what i was <laughs> well i
0: mean lol is quite a <laughs> quite a guide into adulthood
1: <laughs> uh, friends is like my first adult sitcom this is what it's like to be a young adult, a cool young adult. Yeah. Uh, cuz they were all like 24 <laughs> or something, yes.
0: which is like looking back now from the age that I am, I was watching this episode and thinking, "Damn it, they like they're all younger than I am By today." Far. By, By far, far. like 10
1: years younger. Or yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. When when it, but in my head, it's like we can go back and watch old Real World. Yes. Like I'm always, when I watch an episode of, like, original real world, I'm still back to being, like, an 8th and ninth grade, and those are adults, and now, like, no, they are 19.
0: Yes, and they look so fresh-faced yeah. from this side of the coin. You know, I have a theory yeah, that you can't really... year old Oh, my God, but, it, like, I think that you can't actually see what an age looks like until you're about 10 years past it.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah. Because now, like, when I see high schoolers, I'm like, oh, yeah, they look like high schoolers. Yeah. uh, So, like, this show, when it came on, and I remember there was controversy in my household because there Mm. are lesbians on this show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And for a while, I discovered it on my own, and I watched it on my own, and then my mom found, my parents found out there were lesbians on it because Ross's ex-wife left him for a woman. uh, And I wasn't allowed to watch it for a couple weeks, but luckily my sister had to tell my mom... Towards the end of, like, when this episode aired, the end of season yeah. one, the lesbians aren't on at every episode. Y'all can watch it. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, yeah. Oh, good
1: hey, yay Southern Baptist upbringing.
0: Oh, man. You need, like, a Southern Baptist version of TV Guide yeah. <laughs> that just has, like, trigger alert over the description of
1: an yeah, episode. Yeah, there's going to be some same-sex hand-holding in this episode. Um, yeah. Did you stay with the show for all ten years?
0: I stayed with it for eight. The reason... So... You know, I was 14 when the first season aired. Yeah. Freshman year of high school. This was, like you said, the show that everyone was talking about. It was... And I'm a pop culture nerd, so I was very invested in this. I was very invested in the full Thursday night lineup on NBC. You had your Seinfeld. You had Friends. At the time, was Caroline in the city one of the uh, Thursday night shows.
1: Carolina City debuted like season two of Friends. Oh okay. Friends' success led to this young 20 something urban yes, single a guy Carolina. Boom of them. Single Guy and Carolina the City were kind of maligned when they started because they were just single guy specifically, because it was like this is just them trying to do Friends again.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Um and that was it, it, but it was so it was so copied because it was unique and it was fresh and the the joke writing was incredible i followed it i followed it through high school into college i guess it was around season eight i didn't check out because of quality or anything i checked out because at that point i was like college was getting crazy busy for me yeah and i would miss thursdays (laughs) and back then you couldn't must see it you could right
1: not, you you had you had to watch it and you couldn't
0: yes and there was no um, it, you know i didn't I, I was too doofy to remember to set a vcr <laughs> to like program cuz back then it was vcr plus and you had to know the 13 digit code to enter into oh, your really? vcr wow. to program a vcr to record it I right didn't have that. we had, but it never worked it yeah, never it sounds like properly. a horrible system yes and so that never worked i I fell off and then my first year out of college was the final season and my Thursday nights were free again. I would uh, I, I would go and do an open mic in Pittsburgh and then I would come home in time to see the show.
1: Watch one of them supersized, truncated last season. Yes. Seven, 18 episodes. Yeah, yeah. 20 minutes long.
0: Boy, they had to back up the truck for that last yeah. season.
1: and but, I, but it was worth it. The show, I think
0: the show holds up across all 10 seasons. I remember at the time... People complaining a lot on message boards, specifically the uh, Miller World message board, Mark, uh, uh, which uh, uh, combining my nerdery there. But people being like, oh, Friends is so bad. And I was like, what are you talking about?
1: Unfortunately, with this podcast, we will not be venturing past season half through season five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine because I have a very I think the show is distinctly two different well written and tight shows The first four seasons of Friends are one show And the last six in my opinion are a different show Uh because the And I really want to do some deep dive analyzing And see like does a lot of the writing staff leave Like what happens because the The pacing and the structure and the way they handle the characters Changes drastically mm-hmm. Whereas like I mean we'll get into it with this episode Um which let's well, go on and get into it this episode Yeah so, let's do it Uh this week on Must Must Have Seen TV We're talking about the Friends episode The one with all the poker this is the 18th episode of season one. It was written by Jeffrey Astroff and Mike Sikowitz, who also wrote a couple more episodes in season one. Uh, and it was directed by James Burroughs, which you, if you're watching it, will know because when they're in Monica and Rachel's apartment, it has the post in it. Oh, that's that. right. James Burroughs, it's one of his little peculiar things is he likes having depth of field in his shows. And so you can always tell a friend's episode that he directs because they move this post in into Monica and Rachel's apartment. That is not there any other time.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I thought about it when we saw it in the episode. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, I forgot about the post. And that makes so much sense, too. Guy, uh, guy uh, did Cheers, Taxi. Yeah, which is oh. all
1: very, like, those are elaborate sets. Yeah. Uh, and then here's how Netflix describes this episode. Rachel interviews for a job as, a, as an assistant buyer at Saks Fifth Avenue. The women face the men in a not-so-friendly game of poker. Is that accurate? Yes. <laughs> that's it. Definitely
0: accurate. Although interesting that they describe the B plot before the, what, what is essentially the A
1: plot. It's interesting because about halfway through I was trying to figure out because going back and watching all these old sitcoms I've noticed that the ABC plot structure that we think of as definitive, because yeah. uh, that's what 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, you know, New Girl, all these shows have those. But if you go back and watch an old MTM show from the 70s like Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart um, they just have an A plot. Yeah. They are just one act plays that have a story and they just go forward and characters, like if that A plot is a home story, then the work characters will be in a scene, but they, you know, they're not going to yeah. have the most thing to do. And so this episode is interesting because it has an A and a B plot, but they are tightly, tightly interwoven mm-hmm. um, and they come together at the end because the B plot of Rachel looking for a job directly influences the A plot of their poker competition.
0: Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it too, and thinking about the structure of the seasons as well, was it wasn't really only until the second season when we started to on Friends break away with B plots into completely separate sort of situations? Yeah. Because now that I'm I'm trying to remember, I'm thinking of the episode when uh, when uh, uh ross's wife uh what was her name Carol? no Carol yeah, it was Carol. S- Carol
1: Carol and Susan
0: yeah, they have the baby, yeah, you know, everything takes place in the hospital, and there is a B plot, but it still winds its way back into yeah. the a um and they're they're pretty closely linked. What else with you know I, I i think that that has to be some sort of evolution of television thing, the way television started as uh you know you were bringing in live theater performers, yeah. radio performers, and what they knew was a one act play. You know, there were uh, there were maybe maybe you got a subplot or something, but it was happening alongside the A. Uh and then we saw enough television as a culture to begin to evolve uh storytelling style as scriptwriters.
1: Yeah. Huh. And this I mean like cuz this another interesting thing about this episode, I mean like what works about this episode uh is the cast and it's a thing so that good. I think that I get why I mean Friends is maligned or it is not uh spoken of highly and i think that's because like it was popular and you know the ross and rachel like had a monkey like there's all these kooky things and i think that we have a tendency as a culture to in some instances uh react like against things that are popular like friends is popular so it must not be good yes i think that like you can maybe say that about later seasons maybe i do think that Friends' first season specifically like their pilot is one of the greatest single seasons of sitcoms Ever to exist. Season one of Friends is, and like this episode, I chose it in particular because it's one that doesn't get talked about a lot. But it's an episode where all six of them are in almost every scene. Like, and there yeah. are the Aunt Iris character who's in the show for maybe thirty seconds in this episode is the only. It's just the six of them, and then her. Yeah, like this is an episode where it is just the six of them, and it's like all six scene, a guy scene, a girl scene, and then all six, all six. Like, yes. And the fact that they all, even eighteen episodes into season one, they all—I was noticing all the reaction shots they all have of each other, like small things of like Joey says something stupid and Rachel will like look at him like from the side like oh like Joey like yeah all this silent acting and reacting going on between all of them that is makes you feel like yeah they're friends for years
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's the the performance is very active there's something to see and. Every once in a while, James Burroughs would cut to like a solo reaction shot. And Matt LeBlanc is great at those, especially in this episode, those sort of sideways glances of, you know, he has... There's there's a moment where he says something dumb (laughs) and he's kind of exasperated at himself. There's one where he is reacting to other people freaking out. That is, you know, and he... Just little things like that that really make it feel like a, a a richer a richer world
1: and i love uh and james burroughs like legend has it like the cast is all talking about how like when they started james burroughs like because i think he directed the pilot in much of the first episodes yes it was like you guys have to hang out like this is now your other job in addition to just performing on the show is you all have to be friends like and he would talk about how they would this episode might have come about because i think they would take like weekend trips to Vegas like they would all road trip yeah. together to Vegas to like hang out. And uh, and I think that's what shows in this episode is there's a uh, little things like Chandler and Joey ragging Ross about Ross's crush on Rachel. Yes. Is it throughout this episode particularly. I love um when they're in when Chandler and Ross are not sitting in their sofa at Central Park. They're over on the side, which I yeah. was like but the sofa's empty. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why there?
0: why isn't come on now? But
1: it's because, like, Rachel's having a scene in the foreground, they're in the background, so it's so Chandler and Ross can comment on it. And I love like I don't know what the setup is. Uh Ross says something and Chandler's like, Could you be more into her? Her who? D the sarcastic sister from what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're ribbing. And then he like hits him with a newspaper, like, Come on, you know. Like Yeah. That's it's so good. And the way that they introduce the uh Mona's, Monica's competitiveness in this episode. Yes. With the Pictionary incident. And it's brought up in the scene with the three women. And then the next scene, when it's all six of them, the guys bring it up and everyone knows how to react. Yeah. So it's a really good job of showing like, yeah, we they all know each other so well.
0: Yeah. That was, that's the one thing too that this show had above others and especially other ones that tried to replicate the oh, idea yeah. of friends hanging out is that there was a, palpable chemistry with all of them as a group coming off the screen. I have to imagine NBC was probably... Real upset later on with James Burroughs That he made them all get so close oh, yeah, Because that's that's how they got all the money That they did yeah,
1: later Because they were all like, we're all gonna quit And that was also, I mean, that was like The lore is like, that was David Schwimmer David Schwimmer, who, you know, early on David Schwimmer was the guy that like They were pegging as like, that's the movie star Like, he's yeah. the guy that's gonna go And he did the pallbearer first, you know yes. uh, and, But he was the one And I think that speaks to something him as a person that he was the guy that could have gotten all the money, but he knew like, no, we're all in this together because that's what the good of the show is. And I'm, I I will get tearing up just thinking about that. Well, so nice.
0: You know, uh, David Schwimmer himself, great guy. He turned down this pilot several times. He was, they wrote this character for him. He had worked with, so he had worked with, um, dream on. David Crane and Marta
1: Kaufman, I think, yeah.
0: uh, of the three of them, two of the two of the three creators were much tighter, and then the third one was brought in, and I forget what the what the breakup is amongst the three of them. But the two of them that were tight asked him to come in and audition, and he kept saying he didn't think he was right for this role, and they were like, "No, no, no, come on, please just do it." And he was he was being offered, uh, I think, a play or something yeah. in Chicago, and <laughs> He wound up uh, – they, they convinced him to come out and do it, and he uh, and he landed the role. I think he had been burned a couple times, too, by networks being like, we don't see anything in this guy. Yeah,
1: and it's also funny because uh, Lisa Kudrow, the year before, was cast as Roz on Frasier, and she oh. made it all the way to the pilot. Like, they, she shot the, a pilot, and they she just wasn't working, and so she got fired. Like, she got let go from Frasier. Could you imagine – and and when you look at it it's like, yeah, of course, because she's amazing on the show. Yes. Um the only like the I think that she while, while a lot of characters from my opinion have a not decline but like simplification of their personalities over the course of ten years, yeah. She gets richer. Like her yes. character gets so much more complex and brilliant and Lisa Kudo's amazing. Uh, and then like Jennifer Aniston auditioned for SNL around this time and didn't get it. Oh, that's right. Like there's all these perfect things had to happen. I feel like Courtney Cox also had a pilot at some point around here that also didn't go. For sure. Or a series like, and it, and it, you know, it worked out for the best.
0: (laughs) It did. In the, in the moment you never know, especially with things like in a creative environment, like acting or something like that, where there are all of these outside factors that don't really have anything to do with your ability or there's something or you do great but you don't have chemistry on screen and, you know, you get let go and you think, well, hell, that was a huge opportunity. When's (laughs) that going to come along again? And. You don't know that right around the corner is a friend's. Yeah. There might be a friend's around everybody's corner.
1: Yeah, guys. So you know, keep going to those auditions. Even yeah, if you yeah. Don't live in LA or New York. Yeah, there might yeah. Be friends are under corner, or your friends might be literally around your corner right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you live around the
0: corner from them, um, <laughs> I hope you're okay with surprises because uh, the lights are out at your, uh, in your living room <laughs> and they're all waiting behind your couch.
1: I want to know uh, in terms of what works and what doesn't work. I think Chandler is a character that. I mean, who works for me? I mean, like, Chandler's obviously my favorite character in this show. Uh, But I also, I mean, looking back on him now, I'm trying to, like, what do you think? Because from my point of view, Chandler has, this episode is a great definition of great Chandler comedy. Yes. The way that he works, and when he works well. There are so, non-sequiturs. Like, Mm -hmm. there are so many lines in this episode that are just in my vocabulary that I remember all the time. Like, we gotta gotta settle. settle. Settle what? The Jamestown Colony of Virginia. Like, yes. Where does that... Or even, like, and I get my ayas from Ikea, it yeah. costs a little bit less, so you have to put them together. Like, yeah. There's all these amazing non-sequiturs that they really The lose. Fifth Dentist Cave. The Fifth
0: Dentist Cave, and now they're all recommending
1: Trident? <laughs> these amazing, brilliant lines that are so writery. Yes. Like, he's obviously, like, the writer's favorite character to write for, because it's like, we have all these monologue jokes, we're going to put them... make them a non-sequitur for Chandler. yeah. But they that's acted- also a
0: testament to Matthew Perry's acting ability that it's difficult to make something like that sound off the cuff, especially so the when cuff, it has yeah. no, no sort of context to anything you've said just before it.
1: He's really good at specifically the D, the sarcastic sister from what's happening moment. He takes a beat where Ross is like, like over who, who or whatever. And he like, you can see him maybe formulating that line in his head because he like, ugh. A sarcastic sister from what's happening. Yeah, I mean, we all have that guy in our friend group. Yeah. And you can also... This also makes sense of, like, why they're not laughing at him is because all the other five of them are probably just, like, sick of this shit. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Which I, I like that.
0: <laughs> You never consider that when you're watching it for entertainment value that, like, oh, everyone... We like, find this funny. You get to see him for a half
1: hour every week. They don't live with him. Yeah, they see him every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's nice that they don't, you know, yeah. kick him out. Also, I do like that... Joey has a good one-liner in the cold open of this show when they're all fixing Rachel's uh, resumes, and she notices that it says good computer skills, and she's like, oh, no, do you think it's on all of them? And Joey says, I'm sure sure the Xerox machine caught a few of them. Yeah. That's, like, really smart. Yeah. That's a really good line. And I'm like, how did that end up a Joey line?
0: Yes. Well, there's also, he has another great line during the final poker game. When they're looking for money, oh, yeah, and Ross turns to him and oh, says, God. Joey, I'm a little shy. <laughs> That's okay, Ross. You can ask me. <laughs> <laughs> the, what I love about that line, too, is you hear the audience like the it, it's one of those sustained laughter jokes where part of the audience laughs immediately. And it takes a couple seconds for the rest yeah. of them to get it, and you just hear the wave of like the wave of uh, recognition kind of flow over the audience.
1: Yeah. Uh, what doesn't work in this episode? Because like to me, like this is the thing we're like maybe this is a good, this is a good one to start off on because I'm super positive about it, but also like I don't know if everything, everything worked in this. I mean, yeah. I guess in this section we could talk about Marcel.
0: <laughs> well, we can definitely talk Lord. about Marcel.
1: What is up with Marcel? <laughs>
0: you know, the, the idea of having a monkey just hanging around this show is quirky what and interesting. What
1: notes on that? Like, gotta have a... Because it is interesting. Like, in just my general life, I've researched some friends. I need to learn more about why Marcel is on the show. But there was an impetus early on <clears throat> for them to get an adult. Yeah, Because the network was like, we don't understand six 20-somethings hanging out together. I yeah. mean, this show is kind of credited with being the first show of its kind in that way. Because the characters in Seinfeld are a solid 7 to 10 years older.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Seinfeld himself was what... He was in his late 30s yeah. so during the first season.
1: It's like, Friends did copy a lot of its like, show about nothing vibe from them, but it was... The original thing was it was people in their early to mid twenties, and the network was like, they need a boss, they need a mom, they need a landlord. So like you have they like, need a
0: studio a, network. <laughs>
1: yeah, they had like Mr. Heckles a little, and then like Ross or uh, Rachel's boss at the coffee shop, played by the dad from Alf.
0: Yes, was oh, in a couple of episodes. Max, uh, like they were Max something, yeah.
1: <clears throat> and the producers were like very adamant, like, no, this is a show specifically about your early twenties when you, for the first time in your life, do not have any adult. Supervision.
0: Yeah. When you have to figure it
1: out for yourself. Yeah. And so then there's a monkey. <laughs> and and then, then they're like, let's put a monkey on this show. You know? I mean, his jokes in this episode are pretty pretty good. Well, I this guess.
0: is this is, I think, his best. I think this may be one of his best outings. And this is the part of the season two where he's where either because of production reasons or something else, he's definitely reduced in what you see of him.
1: Yeah. The episode right after this one is an all Marcel episode where he gets away and they and find that's, him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's gone by the end of the season.
1: He, I think he leaves early season two. He is only in maybe 16 episodes. Like, yeah. the, th- the thing that always annoys me is people always harp on friends for having huge apartment yeah. and a monkey. And like, okay, sure. Huge apartment. Yeah. The monkey's in the show for a season. Yeah. <laughs> Under a season.
0: Right. And you know there there are like these horror stories of trying to work with that monkey too. It, it just any animal that you see uh, working on screen, it is it has to be the most foreign concept yeah. to an animal.
1: <laughs> Why are there lights? Yeah, are there people screaming?
0: Yes, uh, and those are those are animals that are prone to agitation to begin with. Yeah. Um, I have to imagine the rest of the cast was thrilled when the monkey said goodbye. Because wasn't it biting
1: them and stuff, too? I would imagine, or throwing things. Yeah, things.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
1: Our monkeys cute because I'm also watching Frasier right now, and honestly, my favorite character on Frasier is Eddie, like yes. by far. And I love Eddie. I also love dogs, so of course I love Eddie. But I understood like Eddie. Eddie's on the show. Eddie's a fun. Moose is a funny actor. Yes. <laughs> Uh, a cute dog adds a lot to his show. He's not an
0: actor, if you ask Kelsey Grammer. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing I don't understand is, like, does anyone watching Friends mean, like, I love that monkey. That monkey is so cute. That's... I
0: don't know anybody <laughs> that was ever, like... He's watched... Oh, man, that monkey. He's doing crazy I stuff.
1: Love, I love Outbreak, man. Yeah. Uh, that capuchin is so ca-cuchin. Yeah. No.
0: I mean, same monkey from Outbreak. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. One thing that's all... I mean is it weird that Marcel was the first friend to get a real movie career? (laughs) Like, was that why he like Wow! And that also happens in the show. Like, in season two, they go, and, like, Marcel's all of a sudden, like, wait, Marcel's in this movie. What? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, they do that.
0: Uh, That's so so funny. He was. He's like the Chevy Chase of friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do we... I mean, here, let's try... I don't know if we... Let's venture into dangerous territory and be, like, two guys talking about, like, how does this show treat its women? Yeah, okay. Oh, boy, maybe... uh, Dangerous territory. I should have brought in a token woman for this. That that's that's oh, toy boy. Alright. Um <clears throat> I do I mean, like, the thing that I love about Friends, I do think that Friends is a great unifier in that, like it doesn't it is a truly ensemble show. Yes. That has three men, three women. They're all white in New York City, which is completely ridiculous. Yes. But uh it is still like when it comes down to it like all of the characters are hilarious in their own ways. All the characters get episodes about them. All the characters still have stuff to do in every episode. Every, All six of these characters have an amazing... Like, Phoebe's Joe Incidents with a J. You guys, you know what I just realized? Joker is poker with a J. Coincidence?
0: Hey, that's, that's Joe Incidents with a C.
1: <laughs> that line is so good. Uh, and she is nowhere near the star of this episode.
0: There's a there's an interview out there with Caitlin Olsen yeah. from It's Always Sunny. A
1: fucking genius.
0: She large. talks about when she first got the script for Sunny, and they they you know, I, I think it was like her manager or agent got it to her and she said she was interested in uh auditioning for it, and they said, We don't know how to write for a woman. We she cause no. she said, Why is this so funny? what do you guys do? And they were like, we really only know how to write for ourselves. And she said, just write a funny character. I'll make it a woman. Yeah. Let me figure that out. And that's, and I like to think that a lot of friends does that as well, where the, the, these characters have agency over what they do. They're allowed, you know, the, the producers, the writers let these women get out of the way. They get out of their way, let them be funny and they also have jokes that aren't just about no, yeah. being a woman or being female or, you know, the, the typical tropes that you think of yeah. uh, when, you, when you get frustrated by how women are portrayed in Hollywood.
1: And there's also, I like, to me, it's also rewarding, like, the way that they're all friends with each other. Like, the thing that I love specifically about the first four seasons of Friends is that there's very little internal conflict I mean, there's, like, the general... Like, in this episode, like, it is, you know, Ross versus Rachel at poker. Yeah. But there isn't... It's not mean-spirited. And no one's trying to, like, trick each other. Right. Um, later seasons, I feel, like, lean too heavily into all the tension being internal instead of external. Yes. Um, Like, the main aggressor in this episode is this job interview that Rachel goes on and she doesn't get. Yeah. And that is the thing. And to watch them all come together, like, as soon as she hangs up that phone call and she... Jennifer Aniston is amazing in that moment. Like yes. playing that phone call of like trying to not like it doesn't bother her. She's fine. She sits back down, and the way that she like has to reorient herself, like what were we doing? What were we sorry,
0: Rage. Yeah. You know, there's gonna be lots of other stuff. Yeah. Okay.
1: Where were we? Oh! Okay. Five card draw. Uh Jacks are better. Nothing wild, everybody
0: ante. Look, Rage, we don't have to do this.
1: Yes, we do. And I love, like, Joey, like, not a laugh line. He's just like, you know, we don't have to do this. Like, he's looking out for her, and it's... Yeah. And then at the end, when they're, you know, guys versus girls, all, like, Aunt Ross and Rachel, they're auntieing up each other, and, like, the way that they all rally around each other, like, get me your purse. See you're 25. And, uh, Monica, get my purse.
0: Rachel, there's nothing in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then get me your purse. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good.
0: Uh, David Schwimmer has a great reaction. We were talking about reaction shots earlier. There's a great one of him as he's watching her discover that she didn't get the job. Yeah, because he's all she's doing is prodding him before that, and he's yeah. and he's silently silently starting to boil. He's got that Geller anger that's uh, boiling up, and then you watch David Schwimmer as an actor, kind of process and transition from you know anger to sadness for his friend yeah
1: well who he loves who he loves i mean this is also pre-ross being a total dick (laughs) yeah uh when you when i remember like i mean we'll get into this at some point in this podcast but like the breakup episodes in season three and, like, the way that Ross treats Rachel is a thing that, like... Oh, watch, my God. Going back and watching it as, like, an adult that has now, yeah. like been through a lot of relationships, you're like, yeah. well, Ross is, like, a toxic personality. Yes. <laughs> the way he treats her is so horrible. Um, let's, <laughs> don't <laughs> at me. Fine by me. Don't at me, haters.
0: The one, thing, <clears throat> the one thing that I think... The one thing that I saw that could be misconstrued, but I don't necessarily think as sexist or something, but I don't necessarily think that it is uh, within the... Uh, terms, is that Ross lets Rachel win.
1: Yeah, maybe. It's, like, it's very
0: heavily implied. There's a lot of, I
1: found there's a lot of debate on the IMDB, like... Really? Like, goofs and trivia section of, like, yes. people trying to analyze, like, like, well, then what, you know, arrangement of cards could he have had to beat her? Like, all this That's stuff.
0: That's incredible. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, there could be, like, he let her win. But all, but then, it's also, like, Rachel did what beat him in two rounds. Yes. Like, legit.
0: Yeah, she she so, straight up beat him, <laughs> and he decided, but... Also, I, I it, it may it does have something to do with the fact that he is in love with her. But also, he was someone who saw someone else that needed a win. I feel yeah. like he would have done that for Joey. Oh, that
1: would he have, would have done that oh, for any of them. Modern, yeah, and any of them would have done it for the other ones because they're
0: all friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, we haven't even... The opening credit sequence of this show is so good. Yes. And it is... like My definition of a perfect opening credit sequence or one type of perfect is for 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 one thing full of 30 seconds to a minute like yeah. don't fucking give us that truncated like shit i hate that yeah yeah Um, and it has to have all the actors' names matched up with their faces, Mm -hmm. preferably, like, clips from the show, and then on top of that, updates every season. Yeah. Or sometimes friends would do it mid-season, like this opening credit sequence. Like, the first one would have from the first three or four episodes they shot, like, early. Yep. So the first opening credit sequence is mostly them dancing in the fountain. This is later in the season, so you have, like, moments from the first half of the season in the second, in this opening credit sequence. Yes. And I think it's just, it's great. I mean, also, like, that song went to number one. Like, it was a huge radio hit, too. Right. I had, I had the Rembrandt's LP, LP.
0: Oh, man. Uh, with the song, This House Is Not A Home. This
1: house is, <laughs> where that was shot at the Playboy Mansion. Yes. That stuff always tastes like, um, diet strawberry milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because when I was in sixth grade, I would get ready for school every morning by watching VH1. Uh, uh-huh. And they played that video in heavy rotation. And I would drink my, like, I don't know, like, allergy diet strawberry milk. Yes. And so, like, when I think about the Rembrandts This House Is Not A Home music video.
0: Oh, and that's man. What comes up. Uh,
1: now that we're jumping back into time, I do want to ask, like, what ages well and what doesn't age well? I mean, I think that for the most part, everything in this... Ages super well. Like, a poker episode is a tried-and-true sitcom. Like, every show yeah. has a poker episode. Maritone Moore has a poker episode.
0: Um, I'll say what I don't think works is a lot of the
1: wardrobe. Yeah, like, the, yeah, this is very, uh, a lot of pleats. I, yeah, like, I, I... I when, browns when, and tans.
0: When Chandler gets up at the beginning of the episode, when they're in the coffee show, when they're in Central Park. And he walks over, I literally said out loud to Brent, oh Jesus, God. those pleats, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look terrible. But I mean, he looks like, he looks like a rejected Z Cavarici model. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're, you know, everything that, the, the the idea of the show was that it was hip 20-something. So yeah. they need to find some way to stylistically make them look like they're on the cutting edge of whatever was current. That's... And like that was sort of it in New York. Chandler was wearing these like knit cardigan vests yeah, that like, just hung well, they
1: open. Over oversized dress shirts, black like billowy dress shirts, tucked Ugh. in high waisted pleated pants, Ugh. and like two breast pockets. But yes. the pockets were like on his stomach. Like that's yeah. how oversized those shirts they're are. Like are. Below,
0: like, they're like hanging oh. below. They're like nipple. They're be- yeah. under nipples. Ugh.
1: Uh, it's also funny going back and watching these shows and being like, okay, well they were, this is a poker episode, so they're always constantly like trying to find cash. Like I'm short now. Yeah. It'd just be like Venmo. Yeah, I assume I don't play poker ever, so I'm assuming like Venmo has maybe revolutionized. Why would <laughs> it? Set yeah, like poker games. Uh,
0: well, also, um, I do think the uh, the the cold open the cold open is just a relic of its time. Putting yeah. a bu- folding up a bunch of resumes and putting them in. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think by the way, those resumes, uh, maybe take a look again, but looking at it when they would hold the paper up to the light, it looked like it was a page of actual yeah. script.
1: Like, should we do this? It's like, Oh, come on. Is there ever going to be a time when someone's going to remaster these episodes to where you can actually see everything? Maybe <laughs> yeah. in a 16 by nine aspect ratio? No, no. Uh, I will say France is a show that I, d- I, guess I don't mind watching it in 16 by nine, even though it was originally aired in four by three. Because they didn't, they added more to the sides. They didn't chop things off at the top and bottom. Ready. Whereas if you watch a Simpsons episode,
0: yeah, oh man. they
1: have cropped it. Like, and I, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, I will also say there's a moment in, in the final thing when they're in, Ross and, or in Monica and Rachel's apartment and Rachel's waiting for a phone call and Joey wants to order a pizza and Rachel has... All the- right, well, I'm going to order a pizza. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm still waiting to hear from that job and the store closes at nine so you can eat then. It's yes. like that? Wow, yeah, like that. It's a thing that doesn't happen anymore. Nope. We all have our cell phones. Yep. And also, yeah, I guess you would get a call after they elect a resume, they would probably call you still. That's, yeah. That's, that's still a thing that happens.
0: Right. Also, she got a letter saying you have an interview, not a phone call. That's
1: also weird. Just yeah. very
0: strange. Although
1: I did, I did, I thought it was really sweet, that scene was really sweet of Rachel's at work, and so Phoebe and Monica come in with, like, the stack of mail hidden, and then they start just, like, reading her mail to her, which I was like, yes. Yeah. Really like I like that I don't know your visa bill's enormous.
0: Yes. So <laughs> growing up, you you know we were we were of an impressionable age when the show was airing. Which character did you find yourself most drawn to? Chandler. Yeah.
1: I for a long time in my life I always said that I was equal parts Chandler, Gonzo, and Han Solo. Ah. To the point where in this is probably high Chong-Zolo. school. Chong Zolo. Yeah. Oh like, uh, god. <laughs> I made a um, a little thing, a little, like, triptych of pictures of them and, like, my favorite quotes by them.
0: Yes. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> uh, and then also, like, I now I realize, like, I was also attracted to Matthew Perry. Didn't understand those feelings for a long time. Oh, now, sure. Like, there's, now when I watch Friends, I try and pinpoint what are the hottest Matt, Matt Perry seasons. I think actually, like, ten. He looks yeah. best in the last one. Anyway.
0: Um. Boy, I, speaking of being attracted to people on the cast, <laughs> I remember... Waiting with bated breath when the issue of Rolling Stone was released that had Jennifer Aniston okay. uh, uh, semi-nude yeah. on the cover. <laughs> Rolling Stone. I remember going to Kmart with friends, <laughs> uh, with friends, uh, to get that issue, and there was only one left People on the newsstand. Up. Yes, it up. and we had to paper rock scissors for who, for oh who got goodness. it, and uh, and Dan Stewart got it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess is that like a uh, like you're either like a Betty Veronica person. Is there that same thing with like which of the Friends girls are you into? Like, are they very indicative of a type? I guess.
0: You know, I would say I would say that that probably kind of fell. Uh, that kind of probably happened as they sort of distilled their personalities down yeah. in the show. Um, you know, because you you sort of you sort of learn more as the show develops. How type A Monica truly is. She's not as much in the first season.
1: Yeah, and I see the thing is like I the reason I like the first four seasons are because they're still they feel more well rounded. Maybe it's because yeah. they haven't defined them as much, uh, but they don't feel as caricature-y, Especially like I this I don't know, this one uh, season one's perfect. Uh, yeah, season two is great. Season three is great. Yeah, we'll talking about those a lot on this show.
0: Well, I think to uh you know first off Jennifer Aniston as a woman is a, a beautiful woman which is easy when your uh, loins are coming to life at that age. <laughs> but also, she is she is the attractive every person. She's our entry point into yeah. the fr- world of friends. I
1: will say, like, Rachel, like, this show could have easily been Rachel's show. Like, yeah. I mean, she is, she has the first episode impetus of, like, she just you know, left an engagement. She's literally in mm-hmm. her wedding dress and you know, the struggle she has over the course of the 10 seasons is really her show. Like getting married, like love getting divorced, like loving and so yeah. Uh, that Las Vegas wedding, um, getting pregnant, having kids, like, and they do that to all six of them. And Friends is smart and that the very first scene in the show is a scene between the five of them. So, like, you know from the instant it's an ensemble.
0: Stop cleaning my aura. <clears throat> oh, God, I love that <laughs> so much. Uh,
1: but, yeah, like, she is very much that entry point character. Um, yeah. I think I want to move into some trivia about this episode. Yes! Uh, which I, I have a little bit. It's mostly, like, stats and facts and stuff. Um, for one thing, this episode right here was watched by 30.4 million people. What? This was the most watched episode of the show up till that point. No kidding. So, at the point this is the yeah, this was the start of a rain, I guess. Episode 18. So that would have been April. That would have been uh, yeah, early April. March.
0: Early March. Okay.
1: March 2nd, yeah. So yeah,
0: you're right around the time that's right after that's right after what used to be uh, uh sweeps. Yeah. Sweeps month, February was a sweeps month, and you're looking at um there's been enough time for the people that love the show to convince their <coughs> it didn't, friends. Yeah it, did,
1: yeah, it also didn't start off strong in the ratings, started okay. like yeah. the, the Thursday Night Musty TV thing, Friends helped cement that. Because they had Seinfeld mad about you, but like Friends really nailed down, like, this is what this night is. Yeah. And I am I should have looked up and seen, because they jumped from uh, 9.30 to 8, which for me would right. be 8.30 to 7, living in the central time zone. Yeah. Um, I think maybe at some point during season one, like they got enough confidence. I mean, it might have been this episode. I should have looked that up. I yeah. failed. Um, also, like thirty point four million people watch this.
0: That's insane. Uh, that's like that's like what special events do on television now.
1: Yeah, I mean that's like a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, or like an episode of Walking Dead. God.
0: That's I mean, true. Walking
1: Dead still gets like twenty million views. Does it really? Yeah. I um, don't watch that show. It's not a sitcom, and it's from the 21st century, and also I don't like it, so we're not talking about it on this show.
0: Well, there you go. Um, what show? Boom. Exactly.
1: Um, the weekly ranking, uh, this episode that the week it aired, was number four for the week.
0: 30 million people number four. number four.
1: Seinfeld was number one that week. Uh-huh. And then Home Improvement was number two, yep. and Grace Under Fire was number three.
0: That's incredible. What's amazing, too, is at the time... ABC was considered the kings of comedy. Yeah, because they had uh, they Home had Roseanne, Roseanne, they had Home Improvement. That was their that, Grace that was Under their...
1: Fire also fair.
0: Yeah, Grace Under Fire did great too. The, the, that was like their their Tuesday night juggernauts.
1: And that was all. Uh, and then of
0: course, CGIF as well.
1: Family stuff too. Yeah. The IMDb rating for this episode: uh, two thousand three hundred seventy-one users. So like a lot of people invested in friends on IMDb, of course. Yep. Um, rates this episode an eight point nine.
0: Eight point
1: nine. Do we think that is higher, lower, right on the money?
0: I, I would bump it up to a nine point one. Yes, because I do think that this is an A. I think this is an A episode.
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah,
0: I think that rewatching it here, we get a great distillation of who the characters are at this yeah. point. We get the origins. Of things that become much bigger character traits Like oh, yeah. Monica and the Pictionary incident Yeah Which I think was the first time we learned about her sort of uh, uh, Competitive nature Competitive yeah. and, and angry nature We learn There's uh, a lot of
1: Ross and Rachel stuff in here we've we've Got, got a, a lot of really Ross... good big Ross and Rachel stuff
0: Chandler has like four non sequitur jokes
1: They're amazing and I mean, also
0: squeezes in a, could you be?
1: Yeah, like, could you be anymore? It's so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would give it a, you know, 9.3. I mean, like, I think it is a... Multi- like, when I watch a sitcom now, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm older and I've seen I've seen it all. I am lucky. Like, if I left out loud once during a sitcom, I'm like, that was a great episode. Yeah. And then, I, of course, I don't know. Like, I can't be impartial to this because I first saw this when I was a 10, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. 11, so... I don't know how I would react to the scene for the first time now, but I still like, I laugh out loud a dozen times during this episode. Yeah. It's a lot going on.
0: I think the series still holds up. I think that, you know, like any large body of work like this written, filmed, whatever, there are pieces that we can do without. There are probably, I bet you there's, a couple seasons worth of episodes that you could completely excise from Friends canon and still feel like this is the distillation of a great... What's incredible, too, is that they were doing this at a level of 22 episodes a year. That is so much work. And they did it with a three-camera setup. Three-camera setups today, the, the jokes just aren't... They don't feel as funny as this.
1: No, and the other thing I want to talk... Uh, the jokes per minute on this show are insane. Yeah. Uh, which I get told a lot, because I'm a big proponent of the multicam sitcom, which, duh, that's why I'm doing this show. Yeah. Um, you get told like you can't do an Arrested Development dense, or 30 Rock density of jokes in the multicam setup because you have to pause for laughter and all that, but then you watch a show like Friends Season 1, Yeah, or any Friends, or like Golden Girls... And those shows are just, like, they'll hit you with a zinger, and then they'll get more laughs off of, like, reaction, reaction, and then, like, reaction line. Like, yeah. There are just so many moments. Like, Phoebe's weird. Oh, this joke. You guys, look, the one-eyed
0: Jack follows me wherever I go.
1: <laughs> like, why is that in there? It doesn't make yes. any sense. But it's just, like, it's there. And it's yeah. just another joke. Like, this packed with them.
0: Well, there's an incredible testament to how they acted against an audience in this episode yes, as well. Uh, Going back to that Joey joke where they're at the poker game and Joey says, you know, Ross says, I'm shy. He says, ah, don't worry, buddy. You can tell me anything. They hold on David Schwimmer. Yeah. And he is holding for laughter from the audience and starts speaking again just at the right... Well, it Because it's also, he's holding. That's what it is. He's holding... And then Matthew Perry's sitting beside him, and he doesn't move. He doesn't move until the laughter starts dying down. He holds just long enough before he jumps back into action for the, sh- yeah. for the show. And then things keep moving so fluidly, and they still manage to cram all those jokes in there. Yeah.
1: And it's... Oh. Um, who would you say is your must-see performer? From this, this episode? From this episode. Um, I got mine. I know who mine would
0: be. Man, when you say must see performer, how is that defined? Like,
1: I mean, I guess it's like the MVP. But since the name of the show is Must Have Seen, I was like, who's the must see performer?
0: Okay, all right, all right. Um, Honestly, I'm gonna have to go with. I think I think Matthew Perry is the funniest, but I'm gonna have to go with uh, David Schwimmer. Oh, I think that he holds a lot of. He silently holds a lot of the emotional weight of this episode. Yeah. And he does a lot of acting between lines Yeah, that drives forward the feelings that he is lying about out loud (laughs) that he has for Rachel to everyone else. Yeah. Uh,
1: I pick Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. So we got both halves of the coin here. There you go. Uh, Just because I think that like when you think about... When we think about funny friends characters, I don't really know if you really think of Rachel that often. Because, like, Phoebe and Joey and Chandler are just so relentlessly, like, good comedy people. Yeah. Like, um, but I feel like Jennifer Aniston is just a different type of comedy, and her, she is just, it's that Mary Tyler Moore level of, like, straight person acting, like just, Mm -hmm. she's very grounded, she's very realistic, and yet she has great laugh lines in this like, oh, I'm a man, oh, I have a penis, oh, I have to win money to exert my power over women. (laughs) That's a great line. She delivers it great. And then you also get these amazing moments of like, when she comes in, she's excited about the interview, like you Mm -hmm. feel it, you know what that feels like. And then the way that she also handles the drama of losing that job, like. Yeah, there's a lot of great acting there. She's so good at doing Seeing her do that, in addition to also do comedy in this episode, is really, really special to watch. So yeah. she, uh...
0: Yeah, she does. She has to hold down the real part of the episode. Yeah. You know, and she has to convey the disappointment. And she has to do it all one-sided. As an actor, when you don't have someone speaking <laughs> to
1: you to react against, yeah. that's hard to
0: make it believable. Yeah. And everything that she did
1: was to a phone. Yeah. And it's really, she is the lead of both the A and the B plot. Yeah. Because the B plot is her looking for a job, and the A plot mm-hmm. is her and Ross, like, Ross at a poker game. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that rarely ever happens. Like, you rarely put the same character in, like, an A and a B plot, and be like, you're the lead of both of these. Like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's an, it's an interestingly structured episode for that reason. Also because the A and the B plot aren't really even separate, like, they're kind of the same. It's as- like A and A.5. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, and I guess lastly, to wrap up, um, would you say this is an episode that people must see?
0: Yeah, I think this is a great example of how good friends can be because it shows everyone... It does honestly like the type of thing that a good pilot has to do oh, without yeah. also trying to force a, a seasons-long plot idea on yeah. top of it, right? You pick up immediately, first, cold open of the episode, it's everyone whistling and working together for one of their friends. Yeah. And then you see that the show's called Friends. Okay, we know the dynamic Good. is there. Then you cut to them. Everyone in Central Perk, in the first scene after the credits, has a joke line, has a laugh line. We understand what's happening.
1: They set everything up great. I mean, yeah. like... Even You even understand, like, yeah, Rachel is a barista who hates working at a barista, working at a coffee shop. Yeah. And then even through her applying to fashion jobs, and, like, I love Phoebe's line of, like... Sacks, Fifth Avenue. Oh, Rachel. Oh, it's like the mother ship is calling you home. <laughs> yes. That's an amazing Phoebe line that sticks with me. And I also love Jennifer Aniston's performance of, like, I would be shopping for a living. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So you also get... You understand who Phoebe is? Yep. Because Phoebe's weird, like, oh, so you were lying then. Like, you get yeah. like, her very, like, earthy, honest, kooky vibe. Uh, honestly,
0: Phoebe just put back two Jacks because they, they didn't look, look
1: happy. happy. <laughs> Yeah, this is a great pilot episode that isn't a pilot episode. No yeah, way. Yeah,
0: I think this is absolutely a must have. A must have seen. Yeah, episode. I must
1: have seen this episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that brings us to the end of the uh, pilot episode. Awesome. <laughs> I must have seen TV.
0: Yeah, yeah. A uh, pilot that isn't a pilot. Uh, covered on the, on the pilot.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this episode was watched by 30 million people. So in a way, like it kind of acted as a pilot to at least 6 million people that weren't watching it before.
0: That's true. It's crazy. That's true. And I'm, I'm trying to remember here as I'm thinking, was this the major reintroduction? Cause there were episodes, there were several episodes that would go by in that first season where they would mention the Ross and Rachel thing, but it would be like a, it would be a one-off joke. Or it would just be an aside thing? Yeah. Was this the final oh, push this, towards the end of the this season? This is ramping
1: up, yeah, because the next episode is Ross trusts Rachel to rot- watch Marcel, and then she doesn't do a good job of it and then like puts he gets freaked out like yeah this yeah is, yeah. Um, yeah so Friends is great this is a great episode to watch thank you Matt for being here well thanks for to, having yeah, me yeah talk about this get us started oh hell yeah uh, by Defending Friends a yeah. show that ne- uh, one of the most popular shows of all time yeah it still needs defending
0: <laughs> not, not to be confused with Defriending Friends which is a very different thing
1: <laughs> uh, do you have uh, where can people find you to harass you about your opinions on Friends Online
0: oh boy so many places this is twitter.com slash the Little, on YouTube, the Matt Little, Facebook, the Matt Little, Instagram, just Matt Little. Uh,
1: J U S T M A T, no? What? Just, J-U-S-T, just the name. Underscore? No, just J-S-T- the
0: name, J-S-T- Matt Little. Boy, I really screwed that up. Someone yelled at me once because they said uh, I had no brand consistency because, just, because my name is my Instagram handle and the rest of them is the my name. Mm, um, yeah. And I said, uh, all right. And. I will be, I believe, I, I'll be appearing uh, in an episode of the television show Blue Bloods Ooh, coming up in uh, in Silek, March. Yeah.
1: Who plays Monica's boyfriend. See, it all, all comes connect.
0: back together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that never caught on. <laughs> and that does it for the first episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Matt Little, for dropping by and talking about friends with me this week, next week, I'll be discussing The Dick Van Dyke Show episode, Obnoxious, Offensive, Egomaniac, etc. You can stream or buy The Dick Van Dyke Show on Hulu, Netflix, iTunes, and Amazon Video. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Seen TV. Please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at @brettwhite, and you can check out my writing over at decider.com, and you can purchase my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast, and thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next week on Must Have Seen TV.